We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Wednesday, August 24th, aka for me, the first week of school, aka Hell Week. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. I've got my boy JD Silva with me tonight. Fella, the singular fella. fella. The singular. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Daily Thunder Hey, speaking of Daily Thunder, we've got some news coming up. We're pretty excited about it. Another uncontested, an uncontested slash Daily Thunder uh, event planned. Uh, Hopefully dropping news on that soon. Also, some uncontested stickers back on the way, Silva. High in demand, those stickers. Coming back down the pipeline. Very excited about that. The uncontested hats are about to get ordered. Things were looking great in uncontested land. And then today, our guy Shams Sharania had to drop a tweet. I don't want to be around anymore. Uh, Do you have Shams' tweet pulled up, Silva? I have a... I combined the two tweets to give the most context. You want to just... Just just read it. Just, Just let her rip. Per Shams Sharania. There's fear Chet Holmgren has suffered ligament damage in his foot. He is undergoing further evaluation to determine a timetable for his recovery. I'm just confused. It's either a ligament tear or it's not. I don't know, like, did the guy that read the MRI just read it very poorly and they're trying to get a more literate MRI reader? I just I feel like I don't normally see foot injuries reported like that, you know? Like it had suffered ligament damage. It's usually just like, okay, he sprained his ankle, he tore his whatever. But yeah, is- it seems like Shams got a hold of some news before all of the news is out. 
Yeah. Right. It seems like somebody who knows Chet knows the doctor knows the thunder. Somebody leaked some stuff to Shams. Hey, Chet's got a foot problem. Might be a ligament. Uh, they're doing further evaluation. Typically, this stuff leaks when it's like, oh, they know Chet tore a ligament and now he's going to be out for X amount of time. That's typically when this stuff gets leaked. So it's kind of interesting it came out at this point. It seems like it came out in the middle of the process and not at the end, which is typically when you see it reported. This is the most high anxiety route Shams could have taken to direct towards Thunder fans for sure. There's just so oh, yeah. much un- there's so much unknown right now. My mind has too many places to wander. And boy, was it wandering whenever this news dropped earlier. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, was, what was the first thing that was going through your mind? I got legitimately nauseous. I was like, because <laughs> I'm so excited for this season. It, yeah. Most of that is to watch Chet. And then that news drops and it's just like a bomb went off inside of me. And uh, yeah, I, I just spiraled for about 20 minutes and then got back to work. Really, I forgot about the injury for about 45 minutes. That was a peaceful time. <laughs> and then now we're going to talk about it for an hour. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yes, it so, is. Uh, Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, not a lot of context. And I feel like I am partially responsible for this because on the show on Sunday, I made fun of people on Twitter who were like, oh, Chet got bodied by LeBron. He didn't get bodied. He just landed on his foot funny, right? It wasn't even about the condensation on the court out at the crossover because he didn't slip, right? Yeah. He just landed on his foot funny. It has nothing to do with his body and how light he is. Actually, that's probably better because it didn't put as much pressure on his foot. He didn't put a, pull a Zion and blow a shoe out, right? It's an accident. Free guess. Yeah, and people are making a big deal out of the crossover stuff. Do you know how much basketball these guys play over the summer? A lot. Chet is hooping like four hours a day every day. Yeah. I mean, he was posting pictures on his Instagram of he, him at Pickup Run with Josh, uh, with Gorgie Jang, with Kevin freaking Durant. He could have come down funny on any of those. It just happened to be the one that was public. And it was also public, but people kept slipping on that court. So it made it seem like it, that, that was more of the story. Yeah. But it was just, it was just a really unfortunate. No, no. It was just yeah, a really I, unfortunate accident. I was dragging people on the show on Sunday, said, you know, making fun of one Boston Celtics fan was like, could be a sprained ankle or an Achilles tear. And I was like, yeah. oh, he could have stubbed his toe or got shot by a gun. <laughs> well, I guess this is what I get for talking a lot of shit, right? Yeah. yeah. This, this feels bad. Um, it's it's so interesting to me that we don't have context yet. Again, we, we this is dropped like something is happening, but we don't really know what yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just makes me think somebody was like, I don't know, leaked something to wo- or to Shams before they should have. Uh, Shams caught a conversation that was supposed to be private. Something I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think somebody is is leaking like half information. So. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I felt, I kind of expected Woj to follow up with a more lengthy report. Like he used, a lot of times does with Shams and Shams is more about the timeliness of the tweets rather than the details right away. Uh, I haven't got that yet, which kind of makes me think along the lines of what you're thinking, where this is really early in the process. I know Joe Masato from the Oklahoma reached out to the thunder and the thunder basically said like, Hey, we don't, we'll update you when we have more information. Cause he's like Shams said, getting further evaluation to see what the timetable will be. Sure. Thunder fans will know soon enough. Yeah. And this could be 
anything, right? It seems like there's fear that it could be a torn ligament. Maybe it's not a torn ligament. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a very, very slight tear. So tons of ways this can go. And so I don't want us to have a podcast where we talk doom and gloom about Chet Holmgren for 45 minutes and then Woj tweets tomorrow that Chet Holmgren is going to be sidelined for a month and will be ready for training camp. Right. Yep. And then this podcast have the shelf life of about 10 hours. I think the correct course of action to not overreact to anything and to look at this entire issue holistically, the best thing for us to do is to explore what it would mean for Chet and what it would mean for the Oklahoma city thunder. If it's a minor injury, if it's like a moderate injury or if it's a severe injury, right? So that's the way I think we should approach it. So let's say about the same time tomorrow afternoon, Shams or Woj tweets, you know, uh, further MRI imaging reveals um, ligament strain in Chet Holmgren's foot. He is expected to be sidelined. Uh, for two months and will be ready around the beginning of the NBA season. Mm-hmm. If that is the report, what are your thoughts? What are the impacts? I don't think I, that would be, I would be at peace with that shortly after that report came out. And I think we, we talked about it on our, some of our season preview pods we've been doing in the off season that the front of the Thunder schedule is really front loaded with difficult opponents I think Chet missing those games just moves that needle a little bit closer to the Thunder's overall win-loss record. Uh, I think they could lose a couple more games in those first two months, and it would be fine. Chet could just come back and... um, Well, and for the record, I'm saying like two months from now, which would put him back at like the beginning of the season. Maybe he doesn't play to like November 1 or something. Maybe his debut is that TNT game against Orlando, for example. Yeah, even if... Yeah, because OKC... I'm sure they'll t- they'll play it safe no matter what. So if his mm-hmm. timetable is two months, it probably would be more like November when he comes back for that nationally televised game. And I would really be okay with that. Um, we've kind of talked about like his body might not hold up great for the duration of a full NBA season anyway. So maybe this would be good for him this rookie year while he's still getting acclimated physically to the game. Um, I would be I would be okay with the shorter recovery. And I, God, I hope that is what happens. Yeah, uh, obviously, I think that's the best case scenario for all Thunder fans. Um, missing training camp is big. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they said two-month recovery time, he's got to rest for two months and not be on that foot, and then he's ready to start ramping back up around late, very late October, like October 26, 27, when the season's already started, mm-hmm. uh, and he misses all of training camp. I wouldn't be surprised if it's two or three weeks after that until they actually put him into a game because they really want to get the conditioning down. Um, They don't want to risk anything else. And so you want to make sure he is ready to go. Uh, I I think that would be the big setback there is missing training camp is very important, especially for rookies. Training camp is so important for rookies. I mean, it's their first one. It's really your like welcome to the league Mm -hmm. moment. Like it's not summer league. Summer league is kind of like a peek into the window of the league. But the open the door, welcome, here you are, is training camp. And missing training camp would be uh, kind of important and a big step back. And I think it would take him a while to 
uh, really reintegrate and they would, they would really take their time with that. I would imagine if they said two months and he can start like doing physical activity again, it's probably closer to Thanksgiving when he actually plays. But yeah. again, that's fine. That's like one month in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's totally fine. You start to integrate him at that point and and you get nearly an entire season out of Chet. If that's the case, though, and we're going to talk about that, I, I guess let's move on because we can talk about what my next point was in this yeah. next one. Let's say it's a moderate injury. And they say Chet Holmgren has a slight ligament tear in his foot, uh, is expected to be sidelined three to four months. And four months from now would put him in November. So we're probably not expecting him to play till closer to Christmas time. What's the implications at that point? Uh, the implications there, I think, move. I think it would get pushed further and further back. If if it's the longer the timeline, I would not be surprised if they just if they push it back. Like if it was a medium term recovery, if they say four, five months, if he ends up only playing twenty games, like I would not be that surprise because the Thunder want to play it as safe as possible with his special body type and the way he is built physically. Like I don't that a, me, a medium term recovery for me is maybe like a post All Star break return. I think. Gosh, which would at that hurt. point, what's the point? Right, I know. Like at that point, you've probably lost a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably ready to transition into tanking another season. Yeah, uh, and trying to get the best draft position possible. Um. That's what worries me is maybe he would be healthy for, I think all-star break is, is bad. That's really bad. late. Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider that closer long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if that's the case, what's, what's the point? So let me ask you this. If that's the case, and if they push him back to, to let's, let's use my timeline of Christmas. He's ready to start playing games on Christmas. Yep. What does that mean for other guys on the roster? Yeah, I think a lot more guys. I I think Derek, you think you think favors would because favors we we've kind of been thinking that favors could get cut by the time the season starts. I assume they would keep him in that case. I don't know how much time he has left on his contract or not, or if they just play Baisley as the backup five. Uh, that would be really interesting for the center minutes in general. Like, do you start Muscala? Like, I think it, you start JRE still. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think favors would stay but i don't know you know i don't know i mean i thought it was kind of funny he was at summer league with the rest of the guys for yeah. a guy that we all assumed is getting bought out mm-hmm. maybe that's still the plan uh you have time it's not like you have to make that decision next week you know yeah um i wonder how much of an impact that has on three guys in particular mm. i want to know if can you guess the three that i'm thinking of is it is um, is it usman that is one, yes. Okay, is it Darius Baisley? Yes. Is it Poku? Yes, oh, look at you! How about that? I, <laughs> I think it's going to have a massive impact on those three guys. Like, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot. Usman's probably a G League guy, probably playing off the bench, maybe getting a few minutes here and there. And then if they transition to tank mode at the end of the season, he'll get a lot of burn. If Chet's out till Christmas, is Usman in the rotation? I think he is. Yeah, it's, you know, one is Jay one. Will in the rotation. Oh goodness, he probably is. Um, 
Wow, that's that's that is a wild spin on this. And you're probably right. Uh, you lose one long fella, you bring in another <sighs> with an Usman. Just get in the paint and hold your hold your arms up. I guess. Yeah, I mean, still in theory, play next to JRE the same way Chet could, just different, much different. It's, it's fascinating, man. Mm-hmm. Um, last one, and I, I think we kind of right touch on this, but if it's a long term injury, if they say six to eight months, he's done for the season. That hurts. Yeah, that he's would. Done. How much of an impact does that have on the overall win loss record? I don't think it's a ton. Um, I think it's probably if I anticipated them to get 32 wins, it's probably more like 30, 29, something like that. I don't think it changes it a ton. Um, and I don't, it's, I don't, I, I was kind of falling under the impression that maybe Chet wouldn't be playing a ton of minutes late in the season anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much that would really change things. And if they, Depends on if they decided to go and play guys like Usman a bunch, like you said. Like I, I would probably move that number lower if they replaced Chet's minutes with like Usman or something, just to put him out there for exposure. If it's six to eight months and he's out for the season, I'm just, I'm not gonna say six to eight months anymore. I'm just gonna say season ending. Right. He misses this year. He's not gonna play till next year. What does that mean for Shea Gilders Alexander? God, I'm glad you asked because I don't know. Uh, my first reaction is like, oh, does this make OKC want to kick the can down the road from a tanking perspective? Like, is this just now a lost season and you can't really afford to have a lost season with a uh, near all-star level player in Shea, who is 24 now? Yeah, like, can you afford just to totally punt another season? Because I, th- I think everyone wants this season to be like, okay, Thunder, the Thunder are playing their guys and they're really competing and seeing what they could be in the future, but you, you're not going to see that if, if Chet, who is anticipated to be a top three player on this team, if they move into playoff contention again in the next couple of years, if you're missing one of those guys, I don't know. I don't know what else you can see that we that you did not see last season. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same roster as last season. You're adding yeah. J dub. I think he's the only, the only bigger impact one. Like yeah. Usman, we, we didn't expect to have an impact. No, maybe he does. Um, it, it makes the lane a lot more clogged for Shea again. Yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating. Like, I don't think Shea wants out of Oklahoma City at all. No. I think he was very excited at exit interviews. Um, it, if Chet can't play and they just roll it out again and just same old, same old, and, well, hey, Shea, this season didn't go as planned, but we're going to get a really good draft pick, and next year you're going to have a top 10 guy and that class plus Chet, uh, who's going to play his first season ever because he missed last season with an injury. Now we're like, does Shea start to waver? I mean, I don't think he will, mm-hmm. but I think this is an unexpected turn that can have negative consequences. It definitely something like this is what what can truly change a team's trajectory if this is as bad as. If, if this is worst case, this could mm-hmm. change the Thunder's trajectory. I don't think that's an overreaction. No, not at all. Um, I don't think they're going to trade Shea. I don't no. think Shea is going to ask out. But I think these are things we need to talk about, right? Yeah. I think these are topics that, even though we don't think they're going to happen, we have to broach the topic and discuss what it would look like. It's basically like you, you can ask yourself, if Shea was 25 right now, would that make you feel more likely that he's going to be traded? Cause that's essentially what would be happening is it's just a reboot of this season next year. Mm-hmm. If Chet misses the whole thing, 
except Shea's 25. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it can have some pretty bad consequences. With all of that said, Silva, we talked a little, we, we talked a little bit about Usman. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Poku and Baisley. Like what, what could a Chet absence mean for those guys? Just uh, more opportunity? More opportunity, yeah, especially for Bays, uh playing what I think would be, I, I assume the backup five. I mean, unless he starts next to JRE. Uh, pers- on the fun factor, I think basically starting next to Jerry would just not be that fun, that fun to watch. Here's the thing: is if Chet is out, I think that your starting front court is it probably is because of the rim Baisley protection. And aspect. No, no one else really offers rim protection to the same level that Baze does. So I mean, he would get he would get to spread his wings and like this would what was already a prove it year becomes a prove it year with a lot more runway. I think for Baze. Yeah. What about Poku? Same thing for Poku. Like this, this is a really important year for his development. And boy, did a lot of minutes just open up for at the forward spot, the big spot for for Poku. I think all through all three of those guys could, yeah, much longer leash. I would assume since there's just not guys that can keep filling those minutes. Like they're not gonna if Poku or Bays are playing bad, they're not just gonna play Muscala the entire time. Like they still want to see what they have out of those three guys. Yeah. One thing we haven't mentioned yet, and I'm gonna quote us from podcasts from earlier in the summer. We talked a lot about how J-Dub is probably your sixth man. But if anyone on that starting lineup gets injured, he's a guy that you can slot in. Mm-hmm. You, if if We said if JRE gets injured, you can slot J-Dub in and check can play the five. We said if Shea gets injured, you can slot J-Dub in in the backcourt. Well, if Jet's injured, can you slot J-Dub in and slide everyone up to where your starters are like, Shay, Lou, J Dub, six foot nine, Josh Giddy at the four, <laughs> and then JRE at the five. Like, is, yeah. is that a thing? We we've talked about these longer wings that kind of fit that traditional mold that that Chet would be in. Does this change the the calculus for Jalen Williams at all? That's a really good point that I had not thought of um, from a fun standpoint. Like that's one of the biggest things. That's one of the biggest reasons why this Chet injury is so sad is because like he would bring a lot of excitement in front of the team, but a lineup like that, that you just described adding the offensively, I think that would be very, very fun to watch. And now I'm kind of hoping for it. If Chet is, if Chet is out long-term, I would love to see J. I don't there. think J dub will start the season. That, yeah. that would be awesome. If it he would. did, it I know really we're, we're both super high on the guy. Yeah. I don't think he would, but I think, it could lead to an an increase in his minutes mm-hmm. because he's so versatile. I mean, I keep harping on this. I keep harping on this. I know, but I think it's significant that in summer league they started him at the four against a six six ten Jabari Smith Jr. and he was awesome. He was awesome defensively. He was freaking awesome. And if they can start him against a 6'10", 220-pound Jabari Smith Jr., you can start him against 75% of the starting fours in the league. That's a really, you know? yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, let's go down the list. Like, Are you scared of him starting against a, a Christian Wood or a Maxi Kleba? No. Are you scared of him starting against a Jeremy Grant? No. Are you terrified of him having to guard Draymond Green? No. 
Jay that's Crowder. Thing. That's the thing with a lot of the power. A lot of power forwards now are not really power forwards. They're just you know bigger wings. Exactly. That's the whole way. The way the league is going. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to think of other like playing teams. against Minnesota. He could, I don't think he could yeah, start you, against. Yeah, you, you can't but, start him against Cat. Obviously, yeah, that's right? those teams are in the minority now. Like a lot of teams are have guys like you described playing at the four, and those would be perfectly fine matchups. Yeah, I mean, what in. Miami, he would have to start against who plays the four. There's that Bam. Uh, Bam is center. I think it's Jimmy Butler or Pete. It was PJ Tucker. That's fine. Either one is fine. Philly. Let him guard Tobias Harris. No big deal. Right. There's like, there's not a lot of fours that really scare me now seeing him play against. And I know it's just Jabari. I, I, no shade against Jabari Smith. Yeah. I didn't think he was great in summer league, but Mm -hmm. the body type and the play style. If J-Dub can guard that, he can guard pretty much any three or four in the league, and I'm perfectly yeah. fine with it. So Physically, he looks comfortable, and that was the biggest thing. Yeah, and Josh is bigger than J-Dub. Josh can rotate up and guard those guys as mm-hmm. well. You know, uh, And I don't think it's that big of a deal. So I wonder if that would lead to a much more playing time, a, a bigger role for J-Dub if Chet is out long-term. Yeah, I kind and, of yeah, I I would love for JW to get that opportunity. Also, I think he's gonna be good, dude. I really think he's gonna be good. Um, okay. Before we move on from the Chet stuff, Silva, mm-hmm. we looked at three different timelines: the short term, where uh, he's back to basketball activities by about the start of the NBA season. We looked at midterm, where he's maybe looking to start playing basketball closer to Christmas slash New Year's. We looked at long term where it's season ending. If I made you put money on which of the three, uh, on which of those three is most likely, or which of those three do you think? I mean, you have no way of knowing this. This is no, just a shot in the dark. No, no but way. what would you guess? I would guess medium. medium I knew you were going to say that. You I didn't want to be optimistic. You didn't want to be pessimistic. No. You just wanted to split the hairs. Yeah. And what's what's funny is a uh, fadeaway NBA in our chat earlier uh, said. Chet is all good. He rolled his ankle. Of course, he had ligament damage. That's literally what comes from a rolled ankle. That's what I was trying to tell myself when I first read that news because I've I've had some bad ankle rolls. And, you know and maybe I, it's bad. Maybe this. it's bad info by Woj or not by Woj by Shams. Could be. Maybe maybe they were like, yeah, there's some ligament damage because that's what happens when you roll an ankle. That is what happens technically. You know, a, you know? a sprain, a sprain is is you know there, there are ligament tears there. So, I mean, I I I've you know, messed up some ligaments in my ankle, pretty bad ankle sprain. And it took, you know, a couple of months to get back. So we will see. I, I will choose. I've had, I don't want to go into a lot of, a lot of detail. If, if you know my profession, um, and you know, Oklahoma, um, you know, I've got some bad news recently (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) I have to choose to be optimistic right now. Yep. And so I am going to choose to believe until we hear otherwise. And I'm going to choose to hope that the news that we get, the tweet that we get over the next couple of days or whatever, will be that Chet's injury isn't that severe and we will see him in the first month of the NBA season. And God, do I hope you're right. I hope I'm right too. Uh, before we move on, Silva, let's take a moment and tell the listeners who's sponsoring the pod this week. What's up, Thunder fans? 
This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we are back. So, Silva, you were on the show one or Sunday. Sorry, today's Wednesday. You were on the show Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, Taylor, Nick, and myself made a spreadsheet, and we put 240 NBA minutes on that spreadsheet, and we put down like 12 Thunder players, 13 Thunder players, and we try to decide on a random November night if this was a game log. 
what would minutes per game look like for these guys? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you missed that show, it was a very fun and very challenging exercise for us. I highly suggest you go back and listen to the Sunday show if you have not already. I want to expand on that. So let's pretend that Chet is playing in November. Okay? Just pretend with me. Just, just no, live no, in fantasy land. It's a, for a little feels bit. good in fantasy land. I gotta say, I'm. Uh, if you're on the the live stream, I've pulled that doc back up, that spreadsheet back up. Uh, it's got all of the guys on there and the minutes we gave them. We are now going to assign them points per game. Now, Silva last season, the Thunder were dead last in the league in points per game at like 103. Yes, we have boosted that up. We've put them at 20th in the league for this exercise. 20th in the league last year was none other than the Toronto Raptors at 109 points a game. So that is what we're going to put our number at. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Thunder score 109 points a game uh, for this season. This is a random November game log, and we want to guess what the point totals are going to look like. Now, we're not going to say, oh, this was a night Shea went for 45, right? <laughs> we're going to be realistic about it and kind of An average assume night. what they would average, yeah. right? So. I'm in. I will uh, I will let you have kind of the decision-making here. Do you want to oh. just work from the top of the dock down? Do you want to work from who we think is going to average the most points down to who we think is going to average the least? What do you want to do here? I think I kind of want to do most points to least. And I have that organized if you need from like from last season, if you need a reference point. Okay. I have a um, basketball reference pulled up. So I think Sweet. we're good. Yep. Okay. Then who do you think is going to average most points? I think it's going to be none other than Shea Gilgis Alexander. Nice. So last year, Shea averaged 24.5 points. Yeah, uh, he shot 45% from the field, only 30% from three, 51% from two. Uh, I think both of those numbers will increase a bit. Um, where do you have Shea's points per game? 24 at he was last season at 24 and a half. Uh, give me 26. Wow. Okay, let's do it. I I wonder if it'll stay around that 24 and a half, but be more efficient and more guys will get looks. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but we'll do 26. So if you're watching the live stream down at the bottom of, um, our spreadsheet here, we have 109. And then as we add points for each player, we're going to subtract that 109 uh, until we get down to zero. So with Shea scoring 26, we now have 83 points left. I guess I'll take the next player. Sweet. Silva. Uh, if we look at scoring last year, um, Lou Dort would be next at 17.2. Again, we are assuming that uh, that Chet is healthy for this. Um, so I'll go Lou next, and I'm going to say 14 points. Okay, nice. That's about what I was thinking also. Okay. Uh, I just, I think Ooh, very that, nice. that Lou, um, last season he shot, let's see, 14.2 field goal attempts a game. I just don't see that number happening again. No, no way. I really don't. Um, I just more guys are going to get opportunities. Yeah. We, we, can, um, we, we could see less volume, but a hair more on the efficiency side of things. And that could get him to 14. Yeah. I think, I think so. Uh, who do you want to take next? Give me, give me Josh Giddy. Let's is, do uh, it. This will be a fun one. 12 and a half points per game last season. Um, give me, Oh, give me 15. 
That's a lot, buddy. Is it? Okay, okay. Let's, let's do talk 14. About, let's for do this. 14. Okay, great. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about doing. I was like, do we want to do the same thing as Lou? I think that's okay. Let's cool. do 14. Because Josh is also going to get a lot of assists and stuff as yeah, well. Minus 14. We're going to run out of points. Yes, we will. <laughs> Real, we, yes, we will. On Sunday's show, as mm-hmm. we got farther into the process, we had to go back and do some editing. Yeah. We're going to have to do that again tonight. Yep. Next guy on the list has to be Chet. Yes. Has to be Chet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give him, oh gosh, I don't know. So let's look at last season's um, draft class and sort them by points per game. I wonder how many a guy uh, like Evan Mobley had. That's total points. I don't want total points. I want average points. Where is that at? There it is. Do you know who averaged the most points per game last year out of the, all the rookies? Uh, Jalen Green. Oh, close. He was second at 17.3. Cade Cunningham first mm. at 17.4. Nice. Scotty had 15.3. Franz, 15.2. Evan at 15. Chris Duarte at 13. Josh at 12.5. We've used the number 14 a lot, but that's where I was leaning. So I'll go 15 here for Chet. I like it. I Is really that like too it. high, too low? I was going to say like... 12, but you have to bring the optimism to the podcast tonight. So we're going to go. With All right, 15. we'll go 15. We have no points left, dude. We have no like points none. left. <laughs> no. Uh, we are setting other guys on the roster up for failure, inefficiency. Um, Muscala is zero because we had him playing zero minutes. So is Usman uh-huh. Jang. So yeah. is Aaron Wiggins. So that takes care of ah, some. Yeah. We still have Darius Baisley, JRE, Kenrich. Trey Mann, J-Dub, and Poku. All those guys get 40 points total right now. Yeah. Okay, so I guess technically it would be Baisley. Uh, he scored 10.8 points per game last season. Give me like eight. I think that's that fair. Too, okay, I didn't know if that was too low. or Eight feels right. I think he's playing off the bench. Playing. I think he's getting much fewer minutes. He could get uh, like eight th- points, nine rebounds, something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that puts us down to 32 minutes left. I think JRE starts. So we got to get in on him as well. We do. How many did he score last year? Jeremiah Robinson. Seven and 7. a 7.5. I'm going seven. I like that. I think seven's a good number for him. Yeah. So that would put us at 25 points left for Kenrich, Trey, Trey. J-Dub, and Poku. Huh. Let's go do Kenrich since he's alone up there. All right. What are you thinking on Kenrich? He scored about seven and a half last time. Give me. Ooh, we. Ah, give me probably seven. Okay. Thought about going nine, but I'm going to go with seven here. That's 18 points left. You want Trey? We got to do Trey next. How much did Trey score last year? 10.4. I think he's going to be gunning off the bench. Give me 10. <laughs> oh, God. That's eight points left for J-Dub and Poke. Yeah, we're going to have to do some I think we should. <laughs> I think we should trim Shea down to 24? We should. 25? Yep. Yeah, I was... Let's trim Shea to 24. That gives us two points. 
Trey was getting 10. So yep. he was with 10 points left to divide up between J Dub and Poku. You're going to uh, let Poku, our bias show here. <laughs> Poku had uh, 7.6 last year. Yeah. Are you going five and five, six and four? Six and four seems fair, but it's who do you give the six to? Who do you give the four to is the real question here. Yes. No, I, I totally agree. Um, last, uh, dude, there's so much noise in the stats last season that it makes it yeah. very hard to evaluate. Shea scored 24. Dort scored 17. Josh scored 12 and a half. Baisley scored nearly 11. Trey scored 10. Um, that's one, two, three, four, five guys. Um, we had five guys in double figures last year. We currently have one, two, three, four, five guys in double figures this year. Are those the five that we think are going to be in double figures? Trey, Lou, Josh, Shay, and Chet? I think so. I think that's the most logical route there, unless unless J-Dub gets hot one night or gets more... With J-Dub, I think it's going to be like volume. Like I don't really foresee him taking that many shots year one. I think J-Dub's going to score like eight a game t- this year. I hope you're right. If he scores eight a game, yeah. that puts him on pace last season with guys like Ayo Dasunmu, Cam Thomas, Isaiah Jackson, Aaron Wiggins, yeah. yep. Corey Kispert. Like, do we really think J-Dub is going to score less than Wiggins did last year? I don't. I really don't. I, I'm afraid of going too high on J-Dub. It's so easy for me to, for me to be like, eh, he's going to average about 11, but it's... I want to put him at seven. Okay. So let's put him at seven, which means he leaves three for Poku. Let's I don't think three. Poku is only scoring three. So I think we need Me a either. loop from other places. I just don't know where. We could take uh, one from Chet, two from Dort, or two from Giddy. Let's take. We can take one from Chet and put him at 14. Okay. That gives Poku four points a game. Uh huh. And let's take one from Giddy. Okay. That puts Poku up five points five. a game. Or what you could do is give J-Dub eight to give Poku four. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you playing at home, we have Chet Holmgren at 29 minutes a game, scoring 14 points. I think that's pretty fair. Because um, I think he's going to make an impact in so many other spots on this team. We have Darius Baisley playing 22 minutes, scoring eight points. I think the 22 for Baisley is a little high for my taste, but I digress. Uh, we have JRE <laughs> playing 21 minutes, scoring seven points. We have Kenrich playing 18 minutes, scoring seven points. We have Shea out there for 34 minutes, scoring 24 points. Here's the thing about Shea, Silva. Mm-hmm. Last year, 24 and a half. We have him going down half a point. Yeah. Um, but we think the efficiency is going to be better. Maybe a few less shots than 19 per game. That free throw number. He made 5.9 free throws on 7.2 attempts. I think we could see those attempts rise up to about eight. And I see, I think we could see the percentage rise up a little bit. I think Shea might score around six and a half points a game on free throws, uh, which is one way to greatly increase your efficiency. It's bound to happen as he becomes more and more of an established player. He starts just getting more calls, and the fact that he always leads the league in drives per game, I think. Yeah, he's incredibly aggressive getting to the basket. I think next year he's going to start getting more calls. He looks bigger uh, in the workout videos he's posting. I think his ability to draw contact and absorb contact is going to be massive. 
We have Josh Giddy playing 33 minutes, scoring 13 points. I think that's fine because I think he's going to average about eight or nine assists. We yeah. have Dort playing 32 minutes, scoring 14 points. Trey Mann playing 20 minutes, scoring 10. J-Dub playing 17, scoring 7. Poku playing 14, scoring 5. Anything that we've drastically missed? I really don't think so. Uh, I think something that we could do uh, at some point in time, maybe towards the end of this next season, is look ahead to next season. Look at look at where someone is in maybe 10th place since this 109 figure we got from 20th place from last season. Mm-hmm. And then and kind of look ahead and be like, okay, where could those points be distributed among among these people? And who could you see growing? But no, out of this group, I don't see that happening. I would love, I mean, I would love if Chet just shot a bunch of threes and scored more than that. I would love if yeah. Josh Giddy's three-point shot started coming around and he scored more like 16, 17. I think that's more for like a, a year three or four for him though. Yeah. And the Chet thing, like, again, we hope he's healthy. We hope yes. he's able to play. Before this news today, I was feeling a Chet line for his rookie year of, like, 14 points, seven rebounds, like, one and a half assists, and, like, two and a half blocks. Right? Which would and be awesome. Yeah. Just being this insane, like, block steal guy. Um getting like an assist or two off easy buckets for other guys and then just being like crazy efficient. You know, I, I mean, I wouldn't surprise if they try to get Chet to take seven threes a game, you know, just pick and pop people to death to open up the floor for Josh and for Shea. So I don't know, just some thoughts. Um, Justin Perryman in the chat says original doc for, for Chet, original doc probably said it was minor and Presti is seeking other opinions so he can get a doc to sign off on shutting him down all season. <laughs> oh, the God. tank is real. Justin has his, uh, his tinfoil hat on and is ready to go. I love it. Um, Silva, any other Chet thoughts, uh, points per game thoughts, uh, worries, concerns, hopes, fears, deep secrets. I'm just going to lie awake at night wondering when we will be getting this news. Is it a week? Is it three weeks? Is it tomorrow? Who knows? I don't know. Man. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. The waiting is the most difficult. That MRI could be getting faxed over to the Thunder facility right now. We just <laughs> don't know. Fingers crossed. Uh, we is. hope the best for Chet for him personally and for us personally. <laughs> um, I, I think that's all we got tonight, Silva. We... Uh, we've been very busy and so, um, not a super long pod tonight cause I still have a ton of work to do as well, but we wanted to get this one up, especially with the Chet news. So I think let's, let's pump that outro music. Let's tell the folks goodbye. Thank you guys for checking out the young contested. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, some really cool crossover daily thunder stuff on the way. So be on the lookout for that uncontested stickers on the way. If you pre-ordered an uncontested hat. We're getting those ordered soon. I've uh, I've emailed all the hat pre-orders, so check your email if you haven't. We will be back with you guys again Sunday after House of the Dragon. Got to get the Westeros <laughs> fix in first. <laughs> we will talk to you guys then. Maybe we'll have Chet news by then, and we can really dive into some stuff. If it's really good news or really bad news, maybe we'll drop an emergency pod. You guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you soon. Until then... And as always, heal Chet's ligaments.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.